the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. This lesson today is strictly to empower you. I am about to transfer knowledge that's so explosive, it'll send your prayer life into another dimension. God is not totally focused on where you are spiritually right now, but he is focused on where he is taking you. It's time to get out of old mindsets and limited ways of thinking. And you even have to stop talking to the same old people who limit you. And it's time to take the limits off of God. I really want to pass this message to you today. And if you can listen with what I call active ears, do you know what I mean by that? Uh, When I say active ears, that means listening to take action on something that I am about to say. You're looking for what is taught today to put into an action plan in your life. Are you with me? You know, I studied under a missionary for 23 years, and we would talk for hours on the phone about God as she taught me prayer. And one day she said, Valerie, she said, if you can get a hold of just one thing that I say to you today on this phone line, it will alter your entire life. Well, I want to tell you from that day forward, I sat up when she was talking to me and I began to value her time more and take what she was saying more seriously to apply in my life. This lesson is vitally important. It's so important that It actually is one of the reasons that Jesus was condemned to death. So sit tight, because first we're going to pray, and then we're going to take down the house. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, take the stony places in our heart and cause them to be flesh. Sprinkle clean water upon us, Lord, and cause us to walk according to your laws and your ordinances. Father, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable In your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. O Father, I give you glory and honor. Father, open the eyes of our understanding. The word says those that have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. May we hear what your Spirit speaks to us today. Revolutionize our prayer life. Pull down every stronghold and every sin that so easily besets us. And anything that's gotten between you and us. 
Father, I destroy that yoke of bondage by the power of your word, and I send forth right now. In Jesus' name, I lose love, courage, and a sound mind. I lose the garment of praise and the oil of joy. In the name of all things holy and pure, Christ our Lord, amen. Now let's go forth in the Old Testament as Daniel and Elijah are praying. And Daniel prayed this prayer. Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. Now, my point here is how Daniel opened his prayer. Lord, the great and awesome God is how he's referring to him. Now, let's go to Elijah, who's praying in First Kings 1836. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their heart back again. The Bible says, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the waters that was in the trench. Obviously, it was a powerful prayer. The Bible says that the people all fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now, if we can get a hold of this, God will quicken in our spirits. He will turn us from the left to the right. He will take us to a new level. Now watch this. Jesus is condemned to death. Watch what leads him straight into this problem. The Bible says that in 1 John 8:58, Jesus said this. He said, "Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am." Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him. He's in trouble. They're going to stone him to death. Remember in the Old Testament, God is so holy that they will not even call his name. Yet this man claims to be one with God. He claims to be born before Abraham. Oh, my goodness. In John 10, 30 and 31, Jesus again says this. He says, I and the father are one. And the Bible says the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Now, for that reason, in John 58, it says that. Jesus was breaking the Sabbath, so they sought all the more to kill him. He was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Remember in that day, they only had the Old Testament. They were living the New Testament, so it it was becoming the New Testament. They only knew God the way their forefathers knew God. Oh, God wants to break the mold off of the Lord's Prayer for you today. So Jesus was set out to change everything, to break the mold, the way they saw God and experienced God. And Matthew 6, 9 says the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Why are they asking him this? Have you ever thought about that? Their fathers prayed, their forefathers. They would see the priests go into the temple and pray. So why are they asking him to be taught to pray? Because they they saw the miracles. They were witnessing this. And they had to be thinking, who is this great man? Truly, who is he? 
who heals the sick. Remember now, there are no MRIs, no CT scans, no blood tests, which, re- which results come back from the lab to confirm which disease one has. No great medicines. There were no pharmacies where you rode through on your donkey and picked up your medicine. So who is this man who knows what the illness is and knows what's going on inside of the body? Who is this man and how does he command healing? And he can even speak about the person and they are healed. There is one thing the disciples do know. This man Praise. This man seeks God. They've seen him go off by himself. Now, they cannot resist, and so they ask the great question. They ask how to pray. And he answers them, and when he does, heaven and earth collide. There is a shift on the earth, and the doorway of heaven opens, and things change, and the earth will never be the same. Jesus breaks the mold off of their way of praying. And he brings forth what you and I know as the Lord's Prayer. But today, God wants to break the mold off of the Lord's Prayer, even for you. Jesus answers their request in the book of Matthew to teach us to pray. He begins with our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What are the disciples thinking at that point? Can you imagine? He just called God our father. What relationship is this? They had called God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now Jesus prays and calls God our father. Now stay with me, and we're going to make a shift in your prayer life. The disciples cannot move. Can you imagine? They had to be awestruck. Jesus speaks with reverence, with love and authority. The disciples are trying desperately to grasp and get an understanding of this kind of prayer. Listen, because I want to show you something. I have often been asked, Valerie, how do you get such great miracles in prayer? Did you know when you walked in that hospital room that God was going to heal that person? What is it that you're praying? What did you pray? I want to show you today the greatest knowledge that one can ever possess regarding prayer. If you want power in prayer, your relationship with God must change. The disciples know Jesus has something that they do not have. He is walking about doing great miracles, speaking knowledge that they've never heard before. John five eighteen says this, for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, what he was even calling God, his own father. Remember, making himself equal with God. Now, the disciples have not known such a man and they have never seen such demonstration of power. They are absolutely marveled. The people come to him in multitudes. The people are marveled, and so are the disciples. But what does he have? What does he know? What kind of knowledge does he have? And the first two words, he revealed it. Our Father. He establishes his relationship with God. The Holy Spirit told me this. He said, that's God's heart, relationship. God desires more than anything 
that you could ever give him. He wants all of you and he will not settle for less. He really is a jealous God. You must surrender to have power in prayer. He desires to empower you. Now stay with me, please. The next part in the prayer, he acknowledges our position, God's position. He says, our father who art in heaven. And then he acknowledges God's holiness. He says, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, he talks about his divine ruling power. He says, thy kingdom come. Now let's just stop right there. Jesus speaks the entire message with reverence, love, and power. Can you imagine the disciples are awestruck? They don't know what to think. They can't believe what they're feeling, what they see, and what they hear. The atmosphere had to be absolutely charged with power. They want what he has. If we're going to leave where we are and step into a new dimension, then we must establish a new relationship with God. Not as God, but truly as our Father. Now, Jesus goes even further than this. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he then establishes him as daddy. Remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prays an endearing prayer. The Bible says, going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed. If it were possible, the hour would pass. He says, Abba, Father. He said, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus is now calling him Abba, and that means daddy. So the question today is, is he your daddy? Is he daddy to you? Well, he wants to be. Galatians 4, 6 says this, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. The key to prayer is relationship. Through the relationship, once it is established, then you receive God's presence. Once his presence is upon you, you will win in prayer. Prayer is a weapon to destroy the works of the devil. God wants you to shake evil out of its dwelling place. In your home, in your marriage, in the place of business, in your community, in your nation, in the nations of the world. That's the people that God is calling forth today. I want to tell you something real quick. Last summer, my youngest son returned home from college and I made a request. I said, you know, would you go to the hospital with me? And attend some of these hospital visits. And I want you to videotape some healing testimonies for me, son. So he went with me to Children's Hospital. And we prayed for a little girl. And she had been sick for three months with no diagnosis. She lay limped in that hospital bed when I walked into that room. Well, I laid hands on her and I prayed. She was healed and went home within just a few days. My son saw these healings over a period of week. He saw one healing after another, after another. And so one day as he was editing the tapes, he came to me and he said, mother, he said, how are you doing this? I said, what are you talking about, son? He said, how are these people getting healed? I said, I'm not doing anything. 
It's God. He is healing them. Son, it's in his presence. It's in his presence. That's where the power is. When you pray for the sick or anyone, ask God for his presence. Ask him to reveal his presence for the one for whom you are praying before you pray for them. Ask him to make his presence evident, to engulf the person for whom you are praying in his presence. For there is healing, there is power, restoration, and provision, and it is in his presence. What must you do now? Your number one priority as a Christian is obedience to God through his word. In every situation that you are facing as a Christian, your first question must be, what does obedience look like in this situation? Everything then begins to fall in line from there. Today, establish a new relationship with your daddy. He will empower you, shower you with love, and he will respond to your every need. Go to your daddy, child of God, in prayer. Talk with him today. Tell him about your love for him. Tell him how you just came to the throne room today, not asking for anything, that you just want to hang out with him and you just want to hang around there and be with your daddy. Watch how he responds. Watch how your relationship begins to change. Watch how close he draws you to him. The Bible says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. He's reaching for you today, right now. Can't you feel him reaching just to draw you closer? That's what that scripture is saying. Draw near to me. And I will draw near to you. You will ascend to a new level in prayer, a place of great power. Do you know that God sees you as a small child, his very own child? He sees you oftentimes as a little boy. He sees you as a little girl. Oh, I can tell maybe you don't believe me. Well, Mark ten fifteen states this. Truly, I tell you. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in. Maybe you were raised without a father. Maybe your father left and you don't even know where he is. I'm telling you, you have more than a father. You have a daddy who loves you with all of his heart. When you gave your life to Christ, He became your daddy and you became his inheritance. Child of God, he grieves when you neglect your relationship with him. When we walk in disobedience to his word, it grieves his heart. He wants to empower you in prayer. In the book of John 21, 5, 7, it says this. So he called to them. Children, do you have any fish? Remember they were fishing. Jesus had a plan. God's always strategic because he's a purposeful God. You know, he said, children, do you have any fish? No, they answered. He told them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast their net and they were unable to haul it in because of the great number of fish. 
Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So God is calling you today to cast your net into the deep is what he's saying to you. Go a little further than you've gone before. Don't be afraid to do something different with God than you've done before. Trust him and take him at his word that if you will cast your net into the deep, that you will have such a great catch that you won't be able to handle all the things that he is going to do for you. When we surrender and we give our all to God, he begins to pour his all into us. He begins to give us a relationship. It's just so powerful. Other people begin to ask, how do you have that relationship with God? How do you get those kind of results in prayer? Oh, the life of a worshiper is a great life, child of God. I know you're saying right now, Valerie, I've got problems in my life. You don't understand, you know, as deep as you want to go. I got trouble that's just as deep as you're saying to go in prayer. I understand that. If you're saying, Valerie, my marriage is in a wreck and it's turned upside down. My kids are on drugs, but you must give God your all. I have difficulties on the job, but you must give God your all. I'm afraid of what might come in this country. You must give God your all. God will give you answers. He will show you his greatest good. He will show you mighty things that you know not of. Miracles, signs, and wonders follow those who believe. But you must give God your all. What does that mean, Valerie? Paul said, He was in bonds and he calls himself a prisoner of Christ. We know he was in prison at times, but he spoke of being a spiritual prisoner. He said he would not withhold any good thing from those that walk upright. God is calling you today to a new place. He's calling you to a place of surrender, to give your all to him, to know him as your daddy, for for you to allow him to truly know you as his child. What daddy would withhold good things from their child? He loves you as though you are his only child. I don't care what you're facing today. Determine today, right now. I'm going to give God my all. I'm not going to go the places I used to go or do the things I used to do that keep me so far and out of his presence. I'm going to give God my all. So that he can empower me through prayer. So that he can heal me deep within. So that he can restore me and change me. Oh, I'm telling you today, child of God, he's calling you. And I am talking to you right now. Surrender. Give him your all. It's a relationship that is like none other. For complete and total surrender, You must give him every area of your life. Everything that's unlike God in your life, you have to kick it out. Shut it down and get rid of it. Finally, cry out to God with your whole heart. Matthew 21, 22 says, And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Now that's another level of prayer that's so powerful. All things whatsoever you ask in prayer. What is he saying? He's telling us 
that when we ask these things in prayer and we believe that we receive them, we get sometimes lazy in prayer. And so many people become defeated in prayer because they don't press through and persevere until they receive the answer. And then they find themselves hindered and they think that they lack power and they feel that they're unforgiven or they're walking in disobedience. If they had only persevered to the answer, they would receive it. Then you will be able to say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and I am anointed child of God and I am empowered through prayer. The next time we'll go further. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.